where are they now? Welcome back to the Created for More podcast. My name is Morgan, and we are continuing our series called Where Are They Now? Episodes featuring former squad mates, people who I went on the world race with, just to catch up with them, see what life has brought them after one official year of being back in the United States off of the mission field. Uh, today I am joined by my friend Jenny, who is out in Colorado. This is the first remote recording I have tried on the podcast, so I hope that the audio is okay. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And yeah, here's Jenny. Jenny Brown? Morgan White? Are we on? We are on! <laughs> oh my goodness, it's Jenny! <laughs> okay, so you are, you're at home, well you're at your house currently in Colorado Springs. Correct. Colorado yes. Springs. Tell me a little bit about the weather situation. Well, you never know what you're going to get in Colorado Springs, really in Colorado, <laughs> because it snowed in June a couple months ago. And oh. this coming Tuesday, well, tomorrow, Monday, is supposed to be 90, some regular mm-hmm. summer weather. Tuesday, yeah, Labor Day. it's going to snow. <laughs> oh, my god! And gosh. it's going to drop 50 or 70 degrees in one night. But then, don't worry, next weekend it's going to be 80 again. That's insane. Right? That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. So what do you even wear? Like, are you just layers? Layers. layers. Yeah. But at work, um, our -hmm. building is so cold. And so I always have my heater on, even when it's like 100 degrees outside. So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Uh, what is the weather like in Iowa normally? I mean, it's also like a part of the Midwest, right? Do you mm-hmm. think it's pretty similar to Missouri, I would imagine? I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. muggy, hot during the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. That word, too. I think yeah. that's like a Midwestern term, right? Muggy. 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 Yeah, humid. humid and gross. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you something about Texas, too. Uh-huh. People in Texas... There, I need to do like my own little episode of where is where is Morgan now? Right. Because <laughs> I don't think I've explained much. But about the weather, people in Texas, you know, they're like, it's so hot in Texas. You know, the rest of the country has no idea or whatever. They just like, I don't know, like most things, people in Texas, Texans, they just like, they think that Texas is something real different and real special, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like it gets just as hot in Missouri. And then Paige, our friend from Nashville, she was down here for a few months. And she's like, yeah, I don't know what they're complaining about. She's like, Tennessee is just as hot. So I don't know. I'm kind of busting this myth down here, but we'll see. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, Tell the world. Right. (laughs) Okay. So you, all right, we're going to go, we're going to go a little bit back because obviously the point of this little series is to talk about not only what you've been up to, but I even want to go back and like put yourself into that mentality of coming off the field a year ago ish, mm-hmm. right? Maybe give or take a few days. <laughs> and uh, you were back at home in Iowa for a little bit of time. Yeah. And then you went back out on the field as an alumni team leader. I want to mm-hmm. know what that, how many days were you at home? And then what was it like just kind of saying goodbye? Or I guess, hello, and then goodbye, and then leaving again, you know? Tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about that. Yeah, so I think I was home for maybe three weeks, 
um, because we had to go to, well, we didn't have to. We went to PSL and then we were training for team leader and then we went to launch. So, um, yeah, just home about three weeks. Um, It was a really hard time because I came back and I was like, it's going to be different. Like, you know, I'm different and all this stuff. And then it just, like, I just got back to my house and it was you know, it was, mm-hmm. nothing has changed. And yeah. Everything is the same. same. Yep. And, um, but my community, I didn't really have any friends in um, Iowa anymore because people had gone to school and we just hadn't stayed in touch and stuff like that. So it was just a pretty lonely time. Jeez. Just me trying to, I don't know, entertain myself for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah I taught some swim lessons to earn some money for um team leading I spoke at like our FCA no not FCA yeah it was FCA yeah in their morning um like prayer time Mm -hmm. and then I we also had a group that I was a part of in high school called um random acts of kindness group also Rachel's ambassadors club from um the Columbine shooting Oh, wow. He was the first person that was killed. And um, she was just a huge, she was a believer and she just always like believed in doing random acts of kindness for people. And so um, her dad and her uncle went around after the shooting to different schools and talked about her story and her life. And so one of my teachers, who was also my cross country and track coach, started um, this group. Wow. And yeah, just a really wonderful group of people. And so, um, yeah, I just went and spoke there as well. That was a fun time to just be back at school. And I talked to my teacher who gave me, or my government teacher who gave me my pocket con. That was great. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you still had like little fun things, uplifting, encouraging meetings and stuff with people. Like, yeah. in the midst of probably feeling some weird things, which coming home in general is odd for any racer, of course. But um, with your situation in particular, too, of knowing that you were about to leave again, it just doesn't allow a lot of room for you to come to terms with any sort of emotions. Like, I'm curious if you were, were you feeling sad and like, oh, my race is over? Or were you, maybe it was a little bit of that, but like, was a lot of you still mm-hmm. like wait, I still have some time on the race left and I'm going to be team Yeah, I think I just, like, that time was just, like, just a little bit of, like, a blimp into over, like, oh, I'm going back out on the race. And, Mm -hmm. like, I don't really have to think about anything. Yeah. I'm going back out, you know? Right. so I just kind of almost, like, skipped over it. Like, I caught up on my shows and stuff. I talked to my new um, Z-Squad teammates that I was going to be leading. And so I had a couple, I had a, like, one hour, two hour call with each of them leading up to PSL. Okay, that's cool. And then cool. me meeting them at launch. So, yeah, doing that, too, but didn't really process a whole lot. Yeah, I would imagine because, that. Because, yeah, I didn't really, I was going back out, PSL and all that stuff, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot in, like, a short amount of time. Right. And then when I knew I was going to be going out and didn't really have to, like, worry about working or. True any of that I didn't really yeah didn't really feel like I needed did you adjust a lot of things in your backpack Mm -hmm. did you I actually got a new backpack okay a new like day pack yeah got a new north face from an alumni racer packed better way better clothes 
when oh, I yeah. left on our race, it was like a lot of just t-shirts because yeah. I was like, oh, we're just going to be working. And I realized, oh, we're actually like just doing normal life mostly. One of the mm-hmm. biggest, there's a big misconception. Yeah. That you're just going to look like a hobo the whole time. And you will for a lot of it, maybe. But uh-huh. there's still but opportunities they want you to, to dress look up. Nice. Yeah, so exactly. Like, at least try. Right. Okay. So you were also you were a team leader on our 11 months, like for that last team round, the same time I was, and then went on to become an alumni team leader for a totally new group. What do you think were like? What do you think were the major differences between those two jobs? Yeah, I just noticed like at the end of our race. I mean, everybody already knows kind of what's going on. We're honestly just tired. I just want to break. I just want to go home. Like, I just want to be with what's familiar. Yeah. Um, and so starting out on um, Z Squad, team leading them, they were just fresh little baby racers <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Um, still didn't, like, they weren't really comfortable with talking to people on the street and stuff like that. So it kind of felt maybe a little similar Mm -hmm. of like I'm not comfortable with this I don't know what's going on and so just teaching them how to do that was really fun yeah wow this is way easier than I thought and then by the end of month one those new racers were just talking to so many people and had really amazing encounters yeah that was the big difference I noticed just um like the mentality with our new racers uh-huh yeah journey markers was always a struggle you know how that goes <laughs> for sure um, that makes yeah. sense i mean in general the headspace is just so different from like month one racers to month eight or whatever whenever we became right. team leaders eight nine ten mm-hmm. yeah and also just two totally different groups you know like one squad's going to be different to another but especially we did not have alumni team leaders on our race so like someone was just plucked from the team to take on that role also as a baby racer but <laughs> yeah. then to then to introduce this idea of alumni team leading I think that was it was really cool as a squad leader I loved having alumni team leaders so much but it's they look at you so differently whenever you're alumni you know I mean I just couldn't they imagine do. it mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine it the other way of being a squad leader and then coming to a group and then like raising some of them up right off the bat oh my gosh, like, I just can't believe that we did that now that I've seen it the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's just makes crazy. such a difference. It really does. And it gives me more respect for our two squad leaders that we started the race with. Where I'm like, yeah. wow, you guys had a crazy job. Um, You went, did you also go back to completely different countries? We did. Like, whenever? Which one? We went to Peru and Argentina. We were supposed to go to Bolivia. But they had mm-hmm. um, some political unrest, and so oh, that's right. Go yeah, but I loved okay. our second, my second race so much. I like it too that you had what seemed to be a pretty like redemptive experience as a as a team leader specifically, mm-hmm. just because being put as a team leader, like raised up on our original eleven months, like. Yeah, it was just towards the end of the race. And so it was different because people already had like their certain relationships or their idea of what their third team would be or were already set in their ways on how they did their race. I mean, I grew from that experience a ton, but like I love how, yeah, I like that you got to have two different versions Mm -hmm. of the same story, like of being a a team leader. Yeah. Does, uh, do any specific countries stick out from our 11 months now that it's been a year of like 
I would go back to that place or I really loved that month because of the ministry we were doing or because of that location. Mm. I mean, I really loved the Philippines, our first host. Still keep in contact with her, Mama Jo. Wow. Um, yeah, we just had a ton of fun and just would like laugh so much together. I'd totally go back to Lesotho, our host Ooh. there. Um, Africa for Jesus. Really, really awesome. Colombia. to go from Colombia. Colombia. Our host, Carson <laughs> in Finlandia. Carson and Eisen. Is that them. the one? Your guys' team, like, were kind of out in the middle of nowhere when the rest of us were in yeah, the city? Yeah, we were in okay. the middle of nowhere, but it was the cutest little coffee town, and we could just walk everywhere, like, 20 different coffee shops, all so amazing, and then we taught at schools, um, kind of in the jungle a little mm. not jungle but we had to take yeah. a 20 minute jeep ride to get there so, <laughs> do you feel like amazing. if covid do you feel like if covid never happened that you would have ended up doing some kind of like being back overseas within the last year like i mean it's been less than a year since you got back like in total um, from being overseas but i don't think or, so really okay i think it yeah. was my time to get rooted somewhere Right. Let's yeah. talk about that then. Okay, what was the decision like to move out to Colorado? Um, I mean, it was pretty simple, really. I just <laughs> wanted to, well, I went to school here in Colorado. And right. so it's kind of felt like my home for the last four years. Mm. And more than my actual home city in Iowa. And wow. so I was like, let's just move there. And Mike and Charlene, our mentors, live out here. And so I knew that I could stay with them for a month um, while I figure some things out and just rest for a bit. So took them up on that opportunity. Wow. Moved all my stuff out in January, then had to go home for my mm-hmm. grandma. And then yeah. made the official move in February. Jeez. To Colorado Springs. <laughs> to Denver with Mike and Char. Oh, you made I was the there. official move out there with them. Yes. So I was here, or I was there in Denver for all of February. Okay, then wow. I got my job at Bibles for the World in Colorado Springs in March. Okay, tell us about that. Well, someone had posted on the World Race page that there was this job opportunity in Colorado Springs. And so I contacted them. They put me in touch with um, the boss's wife, Lom. And so I texted her, but she was in India. So then she calls me at like 8 p.m. one night and is like, hey, yeah, I'll send you the, la- the, the information. And so um, I think I just sent them my resume in an email, had a job interview. Then a couple of days later, they offered me the job. And then they said, you have a place to stay, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'll fi- I got it figured out. I did not have it figured out, <laughs> but I knew that, you know, if this was the place that I was supposed to be that the Lord would provide a place to sleep or stay yeah, at least. Right. And so I started texting every single person that I knew and like, do you have a place I could stay? Do you know of someone? <laughs> and I ended up finding um, this family through a, another world race coach that's in Colorado Springs. And I stayed with them for about three months. Okay. And, um, yeah, it was the best place I could have asked for. Really? Um, just a really good family. They taught me so much. 
their kid is amazing, which is because of the parents and their parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach their kids swim lessons still, oh, even though yeah. I don't live there. And um, we have dinner all the time. Well, every oh my week. Gosh. And they still call it my room. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I stayed there when my roommates have had COVID. To oh, avoid okay. COVID. Yeah, that's where you stayed. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. So wow, I love the that most you are connection. still so close with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. And then is that whenever you ended up finding after those few months, then you found different housing with? Yeah. Were they other world race girls? Um, a girl had lived here who did the race. He was okay. French M Squad. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what generation, but. Um, she was on this podcast with, um, the, the, with Joshua Owen and I was listening. I really liked the podcast. I was listening to it and she said that she was in Colorado Springs. And so I said, Hmm, I wonder if she still lives here. She does. And so I messaged her on Facebook and then she responded and we just started chatting back and forth. And I said, you know, I'm looking for a place to stay or in you know a house and so if you know of anyone and she's like yeah actually my former house is looking for some roommates and I knew about the house because she had talked about it on her podcast mm. and so um yeah I met her roommates <laughs> went over there we chatted heard the room or like the price for rent and I was like I'm in where do I sign <laughs> wow yeah so now I'm here as of June 1st, but two of my roommates have had COVID. And so I've kind of been in and out, but mm-hmm. no worries because I have this amazing family that says you can come stay at our house anytime. Right. So, oh my gosh. They sound so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the organization then. What's like the mission behind what they do? Yeah. So I work for Bibles for the World. Um, they send Bibles to... Um, to all nations when somebody is doing like a um an outreach like billy graham or um his organization would do outreach we would provide bibles and so we've done they've done bible projects in africa in southeast asia in india um but the organization started because um there was this headhunter tribe in northeast india and a man from Wales had come to share the gospel with them. And instead of killing him and cutting off his head, they accepted Jesus. And um, one of the men who accepted Jesus told his son, um, you need to go to school and learn to read and write so that you can translate the Bible into our language. Because they didn't have a Bible mm. or a written language at all. And they had no schools in their um community oh and so gosh. the closest school was 90 miles away and so his, he sends his 10 year old son out on this trek through the jungle um <laughs> and eventually he learns to read and write goes to school in various um countries i think he went to school in the u.s somewhere Jeez. and yeah ended up um studying hebrew and greek to translate the bible into um, their language of mar and um then founded this organization and their main so they do bible projects but also he wanted to um 
make found some schools there so mm-hmm. that the kids could get educated and live a different life than just staying in their village and not being able to go anywhere because they didn't have education and so they they're reaching um children and starting the next generation through um schools and so we also do a sponsorship program in northeast india Jeez, mm-hmm. that's insane yeah <laughs> that's an insane story yeah it's really crazy so and what do you get to do within the organization I am the receptionist, so mm-hmm. if you call Bibles for the World, I will answer. <laughs> Bibles for the World, this is Jenny. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and then um, I'm also um, a assistant in the sponsorship program. So, um, yeah, just trying to get all that mm-hmm. stuff in order. And wow. Organize and help That's... do our sponsorship that's so cool which is an important job to like get volunteers like or donors supporters and stuff connected mm-hmm. you know make them a sponsor get yeah them connected I'm also with somebody. helping in donor services so okay it's been fun Jeez. yeah i have a multitude of jobs yeah you have like your hand mm-hmm. in several things yeah which is cool that's great experience mm-hmm. like do you want to kind of be in like the nonprofit work in that world you think for a while and like for sure okay that's for something sure. that interests yeah. you long term mm-hmm. do you think that your time on the race influenced that yeah I would have never done this before okay definitely changed I'm also hustling to um not hustling I don't know <laughs> side job yeah um you have a side hustle to, yeah side hustle there we go right so, okay uh-huh. i forget you're like in yeah. a different part of the country so okay uh-huh. <laughs> just doing that um because i started paying for my car insurance mm-hmm. and my phone bill oh my god building four hours oh my gosh so, <gasps> and um, doing swim lessons well it's the pool is closed now just taking care of that so i needed some extra money and so yeah you can you can clean our building someone was already doing it and they wanted to leave and so yeah so i just started doing that this week okay of insurance and some of these adult Mm. things you and i had a good conversation which i think would be fun to touch on is about like giving and tithing and money and because i had been feeling all sorts of different emotions about not only moving down here to Texas, but about like taking on some new responsibilities, including a car payment for the first time ah. in a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting too to be overseas and not have to worry about, I don't necessarily want to say material things because like these are pretty, I mean, a car, a mode of transportation, somewhere to live, you know, if you have rent or whatever, like these are pretty <laughs> normal things, not necessarily materialistic but like things that we didn't have to worry about you know there for a year or so right and then to come back to the states and to just be like thrusted into normal life again um which for me it took a while because I was just at home all summer like during all the quarantine stuff and figuring out a job and all that but anyways was feeling quite anxious and worried about taking on some of these new responsibilities but especially the car payments And I had been talking to our friend Jordan, who we met on the race, 
who is not a part of our squad, but we met her in Asia and we got to mm. see her again later. Anyways, she came out to our squad reunion in Colorado a couple months ago, which is okay. so fun. It's like she's a part of our squad, but then like not technically. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. but I had been talking to her about it and I was like, I just, I feel so worried. I don't know. And she was like, I've been feeling the same thing about my rent um i just like signed up for this new apartment lease and i haven't done that in a long time or maybe ever i can't remember and she was like i realized that this was a chance for me to depend on god more than i ever have and that it's an opportunity for me to grow and to like dedicate my finances to him because i've never had to do it in such a major way before with like kind of like being so fearful of like am i going to have enough money am i going to have money left over to be able to do like this is a chance for me to just enter this new season of relying on god more than i yeah. ever have and i thought that was so motivating so cool a great it has for me personally spiraled into this whole separate search about how to not only be um like honorable with my money but also like what does it mean to to be generous and to give and tithe and she recommended the the series with mike todd's transformation church um wait till i get my money right and then uh you and i had talked about it and you ended up listening to the series as well and uh i just i'm curious about your perspective on that i know we talked about it on the phone not too long ago but what has that been like for you no i just felt like since i've you know i've been making money and just uh, oh i just felt this like compelling like conviction Mm -hmm. of like you're making all this money but you're just saving it for yourself but i like he gave it to me and i'm just keeping it all so I that keeps coming back is like well it's not my money and I get to keep 90% of it and whatever whatever he tells me to keep and whatever he tells me to give away and um huge opportunity to trust him more when it doesn't really yeah. make sense and it makes more sense to save and think about myself where mm-hmm. in turn I can I can think about the Lord and trust in him and not not so much of like I have to give or I have to tie mm-hmm. in certain blessings, or I have to right. do that. But it's like I get to, and then I yep opportunities for, for yeah. blessings for um for different for different ways that the Lord can work in my life um, that yeah. wouldn't before if I wasn't tithing. I think um, Mike Todd had talked about that because even yeah. like we talked about after we listened to it like that that fine line of a couple of things that you just mentioned of like not being it's not like a legalistic type of like oh this is what I have to do and like all right I'll just do it it's not that it's not like this kind of weird law obligation sort of thing and then it's also not prosperity gospel and not like oh I, I want to give that way I can live a blessed life and the, all these things will fall into mm-hmm. place you know if we do this thing if we just do that one thing and we give our 10% it's not necessarily falling into that category either it's just like opportunity to do this if we abide by the way that God has created the universe to work essentially and this allows him the chance to bless us in a, in a different way and I love the quote too that he says of like second pastor too that Mike Todd works with on that series and I think it was him I don't remember his name but he was like do you trust like would you rather have a hundred percent without god's blessing or 90 percent with god's blessing because that 10 percent, it's just 
it's just this holy part like it belongs to the lord and funding that he's already given to us like it doesn't belong to us in the first place and we give back to the church and help take care of his bride quote unquote like whenever it stretches further and there's changed my mindset first of like why behind it and not just tithing but in general generosity and like the way that i view money and stuff and um mike todd says which is basically this is like almost a rewording of a verse but um god doesn't need your money to do anything like he can do do whatever he wants or whatever knows that if he gets your money he gets your heart yeah and whenever whenever he has your heart he can change your habits and he can start changing things in your life and i'm like oh my gosh that's so good yeah and i think (sighs) i think it was the other pastor who talked about um like you you're going to a service and you're getting fed but you're not paying for it like you do you ever go to a restaurant and just not yeah. pay for your meal you know sure yeah just was like people do that all the time with church they go they yeah. get fed they're like wow that was amazing thank you and then they leave yeah or they sure. come and drink the coffee that's free and they eat the cookies or like what if they provide lunch or something like that and then they don't give anything which is yeah you know it's not yeah like it's there it's there for you it's free and stuff but it's like a way that you can support the church Mm -hmm. and yeah like give back Mm -hmm. and help keep it afloat or whatever yeah Yeah. so and that god honors Mm -hmm. it right to anybody listening if you want any sort of insight about money and giving and tithing and whatever that series with transformation church so good Mm -hmm. it's called wait till i get my money right so we definitely highly recommend that just, I love knowing that you're in Colorado and it was just such a natural decision for you to move out there. And even if like you're not specifically where you're, you picture yourself being for a long time as far as like job or specific location or whatever, like move and like what you wanted to progress and, and take what you learned on the race and now apply your work experience and mm-hmm. stuff. And you're just like pursuing the Lord more. And I think that's so admirable. Yeah. And it's a really amazing place to live like I did not know that um Colorado Springs was such a Christian hot spot honestly yeah um so many organizations are based here uh Young Life is based here um Compassion um Children's Hope Chest that we were at on the race in Swazi here um oh. yeah I don't know just a lot a lot of ministries are here and so the christian circle is insanely small (laughs) everyone knows everyone Uh, i've met like a couple close people or a couple people that i've become really close with and to with just us three we Mm -hmm. always like every time we go to anything um christian related we know somebody knows somebody who knows somebody and it's yeah so fun and i've just made wow. um, really good friends like already within six months and really good community yeah. mm-hmm. that's so great to hear jenny i'm yeah. so happy for you because mm-hmm. <laughs> that helps so much no matter where you are like the community that surrounds you makes a huge difference it really does especially like Jeez. after the race and wanting to find that good yep um like community that gives me feedback and yeah um, loves me really really well like like jesus does um yeah yeah that's uh so cool because i know that like 
I mean, our squad is very close and, and we're all spread out around the whole country. And, and I know that we try to, we have different ways that we try to keep connecting with each other. And like, you know, there's weddings in the future. There's already Yay! a wedding behind us and there's a couple of weddings behind us. I guess. Yeah. Um, as of like last week. Yeah. Um, the reunion, you know, a couple months ago. So I know that within our community, like on the squad, like there's still, there's still so much I think to come, but it's, very good knowing that physically like there are people around you that you can meet up with and that you like spend time with on the regular that just yeah that makes such a big difference um and something different though about being with the yeah. squad and I think Absolutely. we talked about this at the reunion that like I don't know I'm a person who says if we're gonna like let's chat or let's like have a phone call this week yeah that I I really mean it. You mean you know, that, like Jacob talked about that at the reunion of like, yeah, uh, like if there's a couple people who are really initiating things, then yeah, it kind of catches, and then other people are more mo- mm-hmm. more motivated to make the effort too. Right. Yeah. I'm always just gonna, you know, have a love for my World Race O Squad. Absolutely. And Colorado is a great place to visit yeah absolutely i would not be surprised if a couple people end up joining you out there you know (laughs) after some time like it's such a good spot general fits the atmosphere of world race culture i feel like you know just some of those stereotypes of like crazy and adventure and whatever but Mm -hmm. i mean i'd be lying if i said i hadn't thought about it so colorado's super cool and for some reason i'm in texas yeah way (laughs) far away that's another story yeah Jenny, I have had the pleasure of being able to stay in contact with you. And whenever you say, yeah, that you want to have a phone call, we do it. And I just like really appreciate your pursuit for community and for friendship because I have gotten to reap the benefits of that myself. So Uh yeah, it's very kind. And oh, man, (laughs) we could gush, I'm sure. I really appreciate you doing this with me, though. We've a good conversation to like reflect on our mm-hmm. race and then what's happened since then thank you so much for chatting with me jenny i i'm gonna talk to you soon obviously but i appreciate mm-hmm. you doing this yeah we will talk soon morgan <laughs> okay love you ah sweet jenny i'm sure by the way that she talks and communicates you can just tell how sincere and kind she is man she's a good one i hope you enjoyed our conversation there will be many more like this from what it seems with other people i basically have a whole stack of names ready to hop on and talk about this kind of stuff people from my squad from both squads actually which is another story but uh yeah Thankfully, I have enough material now where I'll be able to release another episode, an episode every week, which is so cool. It's going to turn into a weekly thing. So thank you so much for listening. Tune in for the next one. Bye.